everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast with myself, Jess Stafford, Ross Miller and Tom Collins uh, looking ahead to this weekend's action at Sandown and Aintree. Let's hope they survive this rain that has been battering down all of the country and uh, taking out a lot of the racing over the last few days. But uh, it will be testing if the racing is on and we hope it is as we've got uh, plenty of grade one action at Sandown and we've also got racing over the Aintree fences, the Grand National fences up there in Liverpool. So we'll be looking ahead and previewing that. And last weekend, well, we did have a big mountain to climb to be at the same level as the weekend before. And plenty of our non-runners, of our selections were non-runners. But that wasn't, that isn't any excuse because Ross on this podcast put up That's All Right Gino at 18 to 1 and a, a great winner he was of our, of what we like to call the Hennessy. And my selection won Veg Genius, backed into favouritism and finished a good third at 7 to 1 and will now go to the Welsh National. So staying uh, chases is the sort of name of the game and we'll be looking at those uh, in the shape of the beach, a handicap chase. But this week has all been about what happens next to Shishkin with the rehearsal chase sideline because Newcastle was abandoned last weekend. Uh, Nicky Henson was thrown into all sorts of confusion as to what to do with his star Shishkin. And, well, I thought maybe there was the lack of races, he might have to think about hurdling. And, well, he's done it. He has declared Shishkin against Constitution Hill in the rerouted fighting fifth hurdle now going to be placed at Sandown it is the grade one and we've also got two other grade ones at Sandown on Saturday the Henry VIII novice chase and John Bond will line up against uh, um, Edward Stone who he beat last time out at Chel uh, Cheltenham in the Tingle Creek so good racing good horses but very small fields and it's going to make it quite interesting I suppose and Ross, it's great that we've got a fighting fifth in this nature. We didn't really think that we would ever being see it would ever be seeing this at the beginning of the season. What do you make of both the fighting fifth and the Tingle Creek as it lines up, and your your old friend Shishkin, how he'll handle the speed of the fighting fifth, and also the Tingle Creek? Just both of those races tactically, how do you see it setting up? It's going to be really exciting. Um, starting with the with the Tingle Creek. Um, I think the key to, to John Bond last time appeared to be a more aggressive ride. I think Nico is is going to have to temper that aggression on what's you know likely to be very testing ground. Um, so I, I see him making it. I think he'd be pushed along by Hadex de Zobo, uh, Captain Guinness and Boot Hill are probably sitting just behind. They'll want to force the pace. And I would imagine Ed, well, Edward Zobo will definitely be held up. I think they might try that with, with Nube Negra. I mean, he was... If you look at this, he's the first one off your list. He's a good ground horse running on desperate ground. I think this is just a case of he's got he's got to run somewhere, so he might as well run here in a in a small field. So Nico's going to want to be positive, particularly down the back, but he's just going to have to hold on to a little bit of petrol as well to, to get home because he's going to have horses pressing him all the way. So I, I don't think it, you know, I, I wouldn't want to bet against him, but I don't think it's an absolute gimme. I think there are potentials for this to to be a tougher race than um, perhaps on paper it looks. Uh, and I, I think in some ways it's the same in the in the fighting fifth. Um, Goshen has had a run. You Wear It Well has had a run. Love Envoy hasn't had a run, but she's got proven stamina. Um, and so I think they're going to make this a real test for Constitution Hill. They're, they're going to want to try and test his stamina first time out. The track and the trip and the ground hold no issue whatsoever because he won twice around here as a, a novice on 
on desperate ground. Um, but if you're, if you're Gavin Sheehan, you're going to try and set as strong a fractions as you can, drag him into deep waters and expose any chink in his sort of fitness, which he's bound to be ready, but he's not going to be cherry ripe for this because they, they want to try and build him through the season into the Christmas hurdle and then obviously the champion hurdle in March. So I think this is potentially the biggest banana skin Constitution has, has had really in his, in his open hurdling career. Goshen's going to love the ground, but you just don't know what he's going to do. And he was pretty desperate last time, but the ground was an excuse. So yeah, it's a race I'm really looking forward to, to watching. Yeah, soft, heavy in places on the hurdle course as well. So a word of warning, if we're going to get much more rain, I think they will be watching and watching and waiting with uh, Constitution Hill. It might be right to the very last minute. We know without you or what happened in the past, Nicky Henderson doesn't mind uh, leaving these horses out when the race, when the ground gets, in his opinion, bottomless. So let's see if uh, we do get to see Constitution Hill. I'm just sceptical uh, as you, to the points that you made, made about his fitness and just sort of bringing him along to the, the the key points of this of this season, which is no doubt going to be um, the springtime at least anyway. Um, TC, obviously a small field. Have you found a betting angle in either race? Yeah, well, it was unfortunate that the Fighting Fifth couldn't be run last week. It would have been a, a very good day of action, but uh, unfortunately due to the terrible weather and the track situation, it wasn't able to be run. So we've got it this week on a bumper card. Look, I'm looking forward to watching all the racing, but both the uh, Fighting Fifth and the Tingle Creek are kind of one-horse affairs, in my opinion, with John Bond and Constitution Hill both running uh, in their respective races. Look, I always want to try and have a punt in a race, especially a top-quality race like this, but there's just no real angle for me. Um, both of these horses are arguably the two best uh, jumps horses right now in the UK, and taking them on just seems a little bit foolish. At the same time, we don't have eight runners or more and then three places, so the each-way kind of alternative isn't an option here for me. Therefore, I'm happy just to be a neutral for both these races. Hope that both Constitution Hill and uh, John Bond uh, just strut their stuff. Look, these two horses are going to carry the whole scene this season. So hopefully we see them at their best. I doubt Constitution Hill will be 100%, but he won't need to be to win the fighting fair. Okay, fair enough. I think both these races, it's a sort of a sit and watch and wait. It's going to be all about um, jockeys, how they how they set it out in their mind. Gavin Sheen will be delighted that his... Uh, Bannon was overturned today, so he'll be um, he'll be on board his uh, You Wear It Well, and uh, uh, there's plenty of other horses he'll be riding this weekend off the back of such big success uh, last weekend at Newbury. So uh, lots to look forward to there. But as we have said, it's not really a betting heat um, for the most part on Sasset Sandown. The betting races are at Aintree. And so we're going to focus on for our preview the uh, Beecher Handicap Chase run over three mile two furlongs uh, over the entry uh, the Grand National Fences. And it sees Ashtown Lad back in the field to try and do what Walk in the Mill did back in 2018 and 19 and, and uh, Villeur Rouge, who took a few years to do uh, follow up success in this race. But Ashtown Lad back in the mix here, just two pounds higher officially than when he won it last year round. And Harry Skelton, I think it was one of his famous trademark uh, victory salutes on board this horse. We've got Percussion, who's low down in the weights. He's second favourite, the big breakaway. Um, a, a bit of a character when it comes to these types of races. Celebrate to Allen, who ran a fabulous race for Elizabeth Gale to win here um, in October. Coco Beach is over for Gordon Elliott. Highland Hunter under supervision. 14 runners makes up quite a nice looking field to this. And uh, Ross, I'll come to you first. Uh, it's not easy. We've seen very special horses back up this race. Do you think Ashtown Lad is in that sort of 
vein and mould and were you disappointed with what you saw on his comeback run? Uh, two questions there. Yeah, I, I, I do think he's um, primed, ready for this. Maybe you could be mildly disappointed with his with his run in the in the Badger Beers chase, but the, the the vibes coming out of the yard in the in the build up that week were that he was going to come forward for the run as a lot of their horses have. Um, so I wasn't over disappointed, and I would go as far as to say that I think this has been the target for this horse since he won it last year. I know they went on to the national, but if you remember after the Beecher Chase, both Dan and Harry Skelton sort of voiced concerns that he might not stay the national trip and he clearly didn't. After this he, he ran a couple of hurdle races where well, he's definitely a better chase than he is hurdler. The Badger Beers would have would have put him spot on. He's two pound higher while well, he would have won it with an extra two pound last year. Percussion is really interesting and has got great form around this course and probably deserves to, to land one. But by a weird quirk of how things work, Ashtown Line is four pound better off this year with percussion and beat him five five lengths last year. I don't see any real um drop in his form. His form over hurdles was perfectly good enough. Like I said about the Badger Beers, that was his first run back. So I think he's got outstanding credentials. The only thing you can say is he was, he's a little bit short now, having been a bigger price in the build-up to this. There's a couple I can take out. I, I, Highland Hunter, I think he's going to love the ground, he's going to love the trip. I'm just concerned that he was off a long time before he returned at Cal, so there's potential the bounce factor there. Um, Shambard is up to 140, that's £2 above his highest winning mark. For all he'll love the ground, under supervision will love the ground, but he can really miss out a fence and he's not going to want to do that round here. I thought Sidney Ishmael was interesting right at the foot of the weights, being off 10 stone two. He's a real dour stayer, but Jack Tudor has, has gone elsewhere rather than come here. So just one at a, a bigger price for Stuart Crawford is, is Dorking Cock. He was a good horse for, for Gary Moore. Um, he had six career wins and he's got five wins on soft and heavy. Ground is absolutely crucial to, to him. Um, he jumped round here in the Fox Hunters uh, in entry under an amateur rider, got taken off his feet over that trip on, on more lively ground. But on this soft ground, this trip, uh, JJ Slevin taking the ride, who won on him over hurdles last time, he looks like a dour stare to me these days, and I think at a big price he can, uh, can hit frame. Yeah, there are a couple. I actually quite like the look of Lounge Lizard, the quite a young horse, fairly unexposed. You need to catch him on a going day, but I would be completely off him been raised quite highly in the handicap after a good run at Exeter last time um, but uh, he was just one of a bit of a, a bigger price for me as is Highland Hunter I do like Highland Hunter I think um, yes there's the bounce factor but he's clearly so talented he's just gone missing for a, a good few seasons and needs a uh, Needs to sort of have it really straight and, and, and no issues. And uh, let's hope that the Fergal O'Brien team have, have got him in a good place. But uh, those two horses for me. Um, we've heard from uh, Ross TC. Hi, Ashtown Lad is, is, I suppose, an obvious horse if you think something's been laid out. But you think that Laura Morgan has done exactly the same for percussion. Uh, where do you land with this? Yeah, exactly that. A much better punting opportunity. You know, we've got three or four places in... Uh in places and at the same time it's around five to one the field so you can even back the favorite each way if that was your want it's not my want but you know i know some punters like doing that um percussion is the horse that stands out for me he finished third in this event last year he wasn't beaten far by gaskill in the grand sefton last month and i loved gaskill in that race he got the job done but percussion wasn't too far behind and therefore you have to mark up his display given how confident i was that gaskill was going to win the contest now 
The national fences are his forte, which I think is a huge tick in the box because for some of these horses, they've never encountered those uh, obstacles before. And albeit they are not as big as they used to be, it's still a pretty uh, tough task for them to be able to uh, jump it as I get attacked by a fly. Um, from a trends perspective, eight-year-olds have a fantastic record in the race, winning three of the last six renewals. Six of the last eight winners have carried 10 stone, eight pounds or less. And percussion ticks both of those boxes, which has to be a, a big positive. There are only two others that I think uh, have got decent chances, maybe slightly uh, better chance or similar chance to percussion. And they're Ashtown Lad, but the price reflects that and he's jolly in the race. He won the event last year. It's just that he comes into the contest on the back of two pulled up efforts. And I don't know whether to trust him right now, despite the fact that Dan Skelton is phenomenal again his horse is ready for the big day and the other one which is maybe slightly interesting is now where or when uh, a much bigger price for Stuart Crawford he could be the each way play but he's never encountered this track before and has to be a, um, a slight concern so I'm going to take percussion I think five to one six to one's a fair price and he's just the most logical play for me great so a good look at uh, the beach of chase uh, percussion for TC we've got Ross with Ashton Ladd and Dorking Cock and um, I'm hoping for Highland Hunter and a little saver as well on Lounge Lizard in the Beach of Chase. That's certainly the most competitive race that we've got and uh, looking forward to seeing that in and around all the graded action and the viewing brief that will be those three grade ones at Sandown on Saturday. Now, naps are next best. Um, we've, we're losing race meetings by the minute, Ross. So hopefully we've got something that will be saved and, and can, can race. So what, what do you hope and pray will be on for this weekend? So my, I've gone pretty Paul Nichols heavy this week, Jess. My nap comes in the 3.15 at Aintree, the, the closing race of the day. And it's Sonny Gino, um, who really caught the eye at this track at the back end of last year, got shuffled all the way back to the back of the field in a, in a big handicap hurdle, wove his way through it and, and came with a really good late run in a race where, where the winner and the second were prominently ridden all the way. I think they were in the first five for, for pretty much the entirety of the race. Thought you could really mark that performance up. He returned in the silver trophy at Chepstow, came to the last looking all over the winner and just emptied out at the back of the last up the hill at Chepstow. That was quite early on in the season and we know that Paul Nichols trains him to come forward and he had a lot of horses that were just beaten at fairly short prices at that part of the year. Nappers Hill was actually beaten at Chepstow for exactly the same reason, which is just a slight lack of match fitness. Then ran in the Greatwood Hurdle off this same mark, got posted quite wide throughout still was there challenging turning in and I think just got outsped um, over that two mile trip. I think stepping back to two mile four on soft ground at Aintree, I think this is his chance to, to get his day in the sun. So I'm really sweet on Sonogino in the 3.15. And then for my next best, I've gone a little bit different, I've gone a little bit wild and I've got a next best double for you, both at Chepstow, both trained by Paul Nichols and both ridden by Angus Chilida. Uh, so in the 2.47, Isaac Dezobo, was really impressive here on his last start. Cantered home under Lorcan Williams. Gets the £5 penalty for that, but Angus Leader's £5 claim will, will cancel that out. This doesn't look any harder than, than, than that race, um, so I think he's got a great chance. And then in the 3.20, Hurricane Danny chased home Isaac Zobo last time. Paul Nichols had the 1-2 on that occasion. Was ridden by Angus Chilida. Um, stayed on really well. He's a horse that's clearly progressing with racing. He looks like a big, raw baby. Got the Warren Gray Treks, uh, they seek him here, um, one at Lingfield, but only just one. He's got a Dylan Johnson taking seven pound off, so that negates his penalty. But I think five pound from Angus Chalida gives uh, 
Hurricane Danny, a really nice weight. I think he's a progressive horse. He'll love soft ground. The more of a stamina test this is, the better. Um, so I think Paul Nichols will have a double back-to-back with Angus Chalida in the two novice hurdles at Chetlow. Okay, looking forward to that. So yeah, Angus Chalida, good opportunity for him with jockeys all over the country for Paul Nichols, Isaac Zobo and Hurricane Danny. Um, we've got some good all-weather all weather action back for you, Tom, after the customary uh, winter break for the jockeys. So what are you looking forward to seeing at Wolverhampton and anywhere else? My nap is unfortunately going to come on the all-weather. The whole point of this feature is to put up your strongest selection, your best bet, your most confident play. So I know some of you don't want to hear the flat racing at this time of year, but unfortunately it's going to be on the weather, so you're going to have to deal with that. Uh, and it's a horse called Lion's House in the 6.30 at Wolverhampton. Again, he's probably not going to be much of a price, not the same value that the Thames Boatman was when he won on the weather for me uh, in this selection two weeks ago, but I think he's a good thing. Um, he runs in the 6.30, as I say, Division 1 of the 6 Furlong Novice event. Now, I went to Kempton on October the 16th by myself that day. Uh, I did a double header with two tracks. It was a phenomenal uh, afternoon. And the whole reason I did it was because I wanted to uh, find some horses for the future. There were a lot of two-year-olds running on that card at Kempton. And there was a novice event that really caught my eye. I thought it was pretty strong for the grade and time of year. Now, there was a horse in there that finished fifth called Harry Did, trained by Harry Eustace. And he was a major eye catcher for me. He went straight to the top of my shortlist from that day's action. He subsequently ran at Newcastle. I punted him, thinking he was going to win. And he finished a clear-cut second to Lion's House, which is the horse who's my nap this week. Lion's House travelled so well through the race. He drew clear effortlessly in the closing stages and won emphatically well. Despite the fact he's got a penalty in this novice event, I think he's got a phenomenal chance of backing up. And Roger Varian, who hasn't had too many runners in recent weeks, has been striking at a good rate at the moment. So I'll take Lion's House in the 6.30 at Wolves my nap on Saturday. I'll be sticking to the jumps for the next best. And the horse in question is Spirit Danu, who runs in the 2.25 at Sandown. There's a Nicky Henderson-trained runner in there called Impose Toi, who's going to be favourite in the race, which is why we're getting a good price on Spirit Danu for trainer Gary Moore. Um, he had a very good three-year-old campaign last year. He only lost once. And actually, he was uh, pretty bomb-proof in most of the other efforts, which included a victory on this course on heavy ground. Two major factors as to why I like him this week. Course form. You know that some horses don't run that well at Sandown, especially going up the hill in the closing stages. They can tire late. But he was extremely gutsy in his victory over Havela here last season. And heavy ground. Again, the weather forecast doesn't look good this week. It's already described on the soft side. So I imagine it's going to get pretty deep. And he will, he will be uh, one that is suited by that. He was just a little bit too keen on his reappearance at Cheltenham when he finished fourth. It was a better race than this, completely different track to Sandown. And I'm happy to, to put a line through it. Actually, he didn't run as bad as the finishing position suggested for his price in the race. And his jockey was a little bit uh, tentative in the closing stages, not to you know burn him out when victory was out of the equation. A mark of 129 seemed very workable for him. And hopefully, with race fitness on his side, back at a track that he likes, on ground that he loves, Spirit Donu will win the 225 at Sandown. Brilliant. And I'm back to Sandown for probably the only betting races of the day. We've got uh, the London National, which is always, as we know, raced in the dark. So there's not much of it that you do see, not least the latter stage of the three mile, four and a half furlong affair. And we know how good a form Benicia Williams has got her horses in. Uh, they have really been flying at this stage of the season. They'll probably even prefer it even when there is more of the rain in, but they've shown themselves to be very versatile regardless of the rain. And a horse that looked like he had that she had the world at her feet uh, at the beginning and the back end of uh, last season was uh, Fontaine Collange. 
She ran well, I thought, over at the Christmas period of last year when she ran at uh, Kempton. She was fourth behind Remastered. And then her form just tailed off a little bit. She's had wind surgery, which is of note. So hopefully that will just allow her to finish out her races. But she's got a lot of talent. She's a great jumper. And uh, I hope that she'll run a, a big race for that yard. Uh, then um, my next best comes in the 12.05. Uh, this is a mare's handicap hurdle. And LS Burr is a filly that I, a mare, I should say, I saw run at Warwick uh, on her second run in Novice Hurdle. A much, much better run. She was 150 to 1 that day. She's well bred. She's bred to be a lot better than she showed on her bumper days. I think she's just learning how to race. And she stayed on really strongly uh, to finish third in, I don't think was the deepest of races by any stretch of the imagination. But she's got just a, a rating of 100 here. It's not a hugely deep affair at all. So she gets so much weight from Fable, 12 stone, Ellis Bow on 10-2. And then Tristan Dial takes another five off. So I don't think that's uh, too uh, bad of a weight at all for uh, in a race like this on a day where we're looking forward to seeing Constitution Hill take on Shishkin. Uh, that wouldn't have been a phrase that you would have thought I would be saying anytime soon. So I'm um, hoping that everyone will enjoy that. We've got our selections from the Beach Chase, our naps, our next best, and an next best double from Ross. So uh, we spoil you as we head into the Christmas period. Uh, don't forget all new SBK users. If you're new to us, you get £30 of free bets when they sign up and bet £10 for the first time. And head also to SBK for lots of other offers and promotions. And we've got lots of content on our YouTube channel as well. We're back every week. And don't forget to subscribe to whatever podcast channel you listen to. Thank you for joining us as ever. See you next time.